This episode is made possible by Armoire. I love genius companies founded by women, and Armoire is one of them. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days, and then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. To me, Armoire Armoire solves so many issues I struggle with today, the biggest one being accumulation of stuff. Let's face it, women want to feel on trend and fresh in their clothes, so we like to shop for new clothes often. But I also get overwhelmed when I have too much to choose from, which happens after years of shopping. I forget what clothes I have and I end up wearing the same thing over and over. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion and then send it back. Whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to brave a department store fitting room with those unflattering fluorescent lights again. Trust me, your overly cramped closet and the environment will thank you. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash heel. That's A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash heel to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Heal Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gores, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is what's possible for one is possible for all. On today's episode of The Heal Podcast, I sit down with one of my favorite humans on the planet, Dr. Michael Beckwith. We also call him The Rev because he is the founder and spiritual director of the Agape International Spiritual Center, which he founded in 1986 and of which I have been a member since 2007. Dr. Beckwith is truly one of my greatest teachers and you'll see why with this conversation. We cover so much, like the power of gratitude, how we are co-creators in a participatory universe, and the importance of our sacred yes. So without further ado, let's dive in and soak up the wisdom of Dr. Michael Beckwith. Reverend Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It is my absolute joy to be with you again. Oh my gosh. Um, Well, you have been such an integral part of my spiritual growth And, you know, I think I started going to Agape 14 years ago, which is life-changing and taking meditation classes with you. And and truly, you were probably one of the biggest, you know, catalysts or enablers for me to even do heal because you taught me so much about listening to the calling in my heart and trusting if it's there and if it's tapping on your shoulder every day or whispering in your ear or whatever— the communication is that everything needed to see that vision through is is already within that right. calling. And so I 
you know, I just knew that I had to answer that call to do heal. And it took a little while for the divine timing to, to line up, but you helped me see that and gain confidence that anytime we feel this passion or if we start to pay attention to something we're talking about, lights us up inside, that's a signpost. That's a light post to our purpose here in this lifetime. So you are about to do this summit about the sacred yes and saying yes to you. And I think that's all about that. Can you explain to us about saying yes to you? Yeah, absolutely. As you have discovered, everyone has a great destiny. We're loaded and coded with a destiny that's bigger than our history. The destiny is always bigger than our history and potential is always bigger than any problem. And so individuals sometimes get caught up in the milieu of society, status quoism, trying to fit in, things of that particular nature. But there's always beating upon us something that wants to come forward, something that wants to come out. And when we pay attention to it, as you said, it carries everything necessary for its own unfoldment. Just like a seed that's planted in the ground, within that seed is an energetic pattern of the rose bush or of the avocado tree or the oak tree. It's already within it, but it has to be in the proper condition for it to unfold. So what you did was you listened and you did your inner work so that you became the vibrational condition for that seed idea to unfold through you that's now touched countless beings on the planet, letting them know that their body can heal itself, letting them know that they can participate in their own healing, their own unfolding. So everyone has this. There are no, I, I, I tell people, there are no special people. There are only people who have specialized. You know, they specialized in listening. They specialized in spiritual practice. They specialized in asking the right questions so that what looks like a special person is a person who's practiced. You know, you put a piano in front of somebody, if they haven't specialized in practicing, they're going to think, oh, that person over there, he's special, she's special. But they spent hours of specializing their fingers and their listening and their, their ability to emerge. So everyone has a, has a destiny. There's, there's no one. Uh, everyone has emerged from the eternal. Everyone has emerged with everything that this presence is and has. But the idea is, are we listening and are we following are we transcending our fears? Are we saying yes to ourselves? Now, if we say yes to ourselves, as you know, and have put in your beautiful book and movie, everything changes. Tonic chemicals flow, immune system becomes enhanced, coherence of the brain uh, happens, we hear differently, and we're no longer trying to draw our happiness or our gifts from the world, we're actually drawing it from within ourselves and bringing it to the world. So what, what does that make us? Empowered. We're empowered from within and nothing can stop us but ourselves, you know, and our own hesitation and inhibition and procrastination. But once we, once we start walking in that direction, momentum takes over from inertia. We start to soar. And this is, this is in every walk of life. Every being on the planet has it. The Buddha would tell us that once you hear the truth, your destiny changes. But you have to, there's different ways of hearing. 
you know, there's hearing, oh, I heard it, I did nothing about it. Then there's hearing and I'm interested. And then there's hearing, oh, I'm actually practicing and taking a step. Life changes, as you've discovered. Yes. You know, as I've discovered. You know, I remember a number of years ago, pre-agape, I used to have a crook in my neck. You know, I think I've told you this. Yeah, I love the story because it you know, embodies but, heal. But, but it's so, you know, and, and I, I'll always remember that because it was a, a, a telling point in my life. And I'd go to the chiropractor, get it fixed, would always come back. And then one day I gave up my resistance to the destiny. And the moment I said a wholehearted yes to myself, my neck snapped into place and never went back out. That crook was a resistance to me. When, how am I going to do it? Do I have the talent to do it? Do I have the wherewithal? I was asking all the right questions, wrong questions. Once I just said yes, then life rushed in. And everything I needed showed up sometimes even before I even needed it. Mm. And still continues to work to, that way to this day. Doesn't mean there's not challenges. But I'm in the yes. So the summit, saying yes to oneself, is about you know, different people like Danielle Laporte, Sadhguru, Bob Proctor, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, Queen Afua, Neil Donald Walsh, even Sterling Brown is going to interview me and... and and others basically carrying a different facet of what it means to say yes. And it's an, it's an honor and celebration of my appearance day, which is July 21st. And that's the way that Agape celebrates, you know, fundraises and all of that, that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. So cool. And uh, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy appearance day. Um, I think the alignment story in your neck is so telling because I remember, and multiple people have said this in different ways, but when I interviewed Dr. Jeffrey Thompson for HEAL, he said it, you know, there comes a, a fork in the road at some point in your life where you choose to go the safe road or you choose to go follow your heart. And when you choose to go the safe road, what society, what your parents, what your the voice in your head of doubt thinks is the one that's going to keep you comfortable and safe that's when dis-ease occurs. Yes. Because you're out of alignment with your soul's calling and your gifts and your purpose. And it's so beautiful to see people who have gotten a, a wake-up call. And, and this is another thing you taught me that I put in heel. It's like once you take the safe route and you, you fork off from your alignment with your destiny and your gifts, the universe is going to nudge you. Yeah. quietly on the shoulder, doo, doo, you're off track, you're off track. Right. Then maybe a couple of years later, it's going to whack you in the head. Right. And then, you know, <laughs> a few years later, you're going to wake up with a, a terminal diagnosis or something that's really going to force you to look at where you're out of alignment in your right. life. Can you speak to that? A little right. Bit? In some structure of your life, whether it's your body temple, your mental body, your relationships, your financial body, there's something that's going to be out of alignment un un until you say yes. And so what occurs is, you know, I've, I've taught over the years that your pain pushes you until your vision pulls you. And so that pain is actually due to the fact that the universe, the multidimensional universe, is actually progressive. It's always expanding to reveal the infinite nature of the source. So some would say, like Einstein would say, um, the question we need to ask, is the universe friendly? You know, I say, is the universe progressive? And so if you're not in alignment with the unfoldment of your soul, then you go into stagnation. And that creates a backlog of pain or suffering. 
stagnation and hell mean the same thing. Mm. You know, if you're stagnant. So where are the goodies? The goodies are outside of your present paradigm. The unsafe place, the unknown. The known, eh, you've done that before. You know, it's, it's, you're not, it's not stretching you. You're not becoming more yourself by just hanging in what you already know. It's really, it's risky, more risky to stay in the known than it is in the unknown. Because the unknown, you're stretching. For instance, it's more risky for a chicken to stay in the egg than to break out. You know, the, the chicken's in the egg and it's safe. There's, there's food. There's safety with the shell. It's all cool. But when the little chick starts to grow, it pollutes its environment. Uh, It's no longer safe. And instinctively, it begins to peck. And what happens? It comes into a world that it didn't even know existed, you see. So in the same way, we, we live in this known world. We learn how to navigate through coping mechanisms, defense mechanisms, all kinds of patterns to keep us safe. But there's another world waiting for us. So we don't do it through instinct. We do it through intuition. We know there's something more. We don't know what it is. We don't have to know what it is. But when we say yes to it, we start to break out of the status quo, out of the known. And then, oh, my God, I didn't even know this existed. And, you know, this, this kind of joy, this kind of bliss, this kind of ecstasy, it doesn't exist within the small paradigm. It exists outside. You know, again, free agape, I used to work for the mayor of Los Angeles. I worked for Mayor Tom Bradley in the 8th District. I was head of the senior citizen affairs in that district. I knew that wasn't my full destiny, but I loved being of service. But every single day, I would leave City Hall, and I would go to the beach, and I would go to this place called my power spot. And I would take off my tie and my suit top and my shirt, and I would do my breathing exercises, and I would look at the the vast ocean and the abundance of the ocean. I would look at the the grains of sand and I would get into this feeling tone of just being so connected to the presence. And I said to myself that when I am in alignment with what I'm called to do, this is how I'm going to feel. So as the years went on and I said yes to being a spiritual therapist, doing workshops, seminars, and then ultimately founded Agape, When I'm in the flow of that, it's exactly how I felt on the beach. When I'm speaking, when I'm counseling, when I'm teaching, when I'm traveling around doing what I'm called to do, even when I'm going into the hospital to deal with people or doing a memorial service, I have the same energy of bliss that I had when I was at the beach. You know, so I let me know that I'm in alignment with this flow of energy that wants to know itself as us, you see. So it's risky to stay in the known, but there's no risk when you break out and become yourself, you see. Yeah. And I just have to say that most people don't really have bliss and ecstasy. What they have is temporary happiness based on an external condition. Mm. So if this happens that I like, I'm happy. If this happens that I don't like, I'm unhappy. So it's an up and down yo-yo experience. But when you start to say yes to you, even if things occur that are challenging and you don't like, it doesn't doesn't impinge upon your peace of mind. You don't like it, but you're bigger than it. You know, sadness may pass through, but it's come to pass. It's not come to stay, (laughs) you know. And I really 
want people to live that life because it's possible. It's not like for special people. Yes. It's for anyone who puts in the time, the sincerity, the earnestness to ask the right questions, to do the spiritual practice, whatever your soul call is. I'm telling you, life is meant to be, <laughs> life is meant to be magnificent. Uh, I know. And I've gotten glimpses and, and you really, you know, Stephen Pressfield said it, Isaac Newton said it, physics, it's like every force has an equal and opposite force, right? Or every reaction has an equal and opposite reaction. So to be aware that once you say yes to the call, you're going to, the voice of doubt, the fear, the equal and opposite reaction and energy is going to come up. So we must have practices, meditation, things that surround ourselves with positive, like-minded thinking people. Right. Who Otherwise, the voice of doubt is going to take over and you're going to stay in that comfort zone, in that toxic environment, in that shell. Right. And so I found that with you. Like if you walk into Agape, the vibration is so high. You can't help but stay in that. Forget the doubt that comes up when you try to figure out how is my dream going to come through? How is this other paradigm? How am I going to live in bliss? How am I going to find something that's going to give me this energetic, happy, passionate feeling all the time? How am I going to align with my purpose? What is even my purpose? Right, right, right. So it's, you have to have the community, the the practices, so that when you start to open up and say yes to you, uh, you're supported and you don't succumb to the fear and the doubt. Absolutely. There's, there's two points you brought up. One, community. You know, I always say that community Spiritual community, real community, grants you immunity. Mm. And it grants you immunity from the lower frequencies of life. Yes. Now, the Mayo Clinic and all these uh, tests have shown that individuals who are in community can be a yoga community. It can be a meditation community. It can be a spiritual community that contains all of that, like agape. Your immune system becomes boosted. Uh, your aging process slows down. Your ability to heal disease is quickened just by being in a community that's vibrating at a higher frequency because it's like a tuning fork. You come into the community and there's prayer, there's meditation, there's music, there's affirmation, there's message, there's like-minded people embracing each other and supporting each other. You begin to vibrate at the higher level. And so you may come in vibrating, being depressed, but you start to vibrate and become expressed. You start to express Mm -hmm. at a higher frequency. And then through practice, you stabilize that next iteration of yourself. And then that becomes your new normal, you see. So uh, science has, is finally catching up with mysticism to show that these things actually happen. As you have taught, tonic chemicals produce, you know, immune system expanded. Just being in a community of lovers of life capital L life, which means love, it means God, it means peace, it means joy, I mean, all, all of that. And, and so you, you also brought up the other point about what comes up. Now, what happens is, you know, we have subpersonalities, we have personalities, and those personalities form into roles. Every person, every aspect of our personality has come from time and experience. You know, something happens in your life, you develop a certain personality to deal with that. But your soul is eternal. Personalities are temporary. So what happens is when you start to do spiritual practice, the personalities start to melt. 
And it feels like you're dying. It feels like, oh my God, sadness is coming up. The traumas have come up from the past that the personality has endured. Now that's the real uh, mystical meaning of the crucifixion is that the personality is being crucified and it's melting. And then when you lose your identity with the personalities, doesn't mean you don't have a personality anymore, but that's not your main identity. Your main identity is not the roles you play. It could be mother, teacher, doctor, whatever. What happens is that melts, and then there is a rebirth at a higher level. That's the resurrection. And now you have a higher level of freedom. So what happens? That energy infuses your roles. You become a better mother. You become a better doctor. You become a better teacher because you're beyond the role. It's not perfunctory. Well, I am a doctor. I do this. You know, <laughs> no, it's the energy flowing. So now your intuition is engaged. Direct knowing is engaged. And you realize that you are a presence that has the task of being a teacher right now, the task of being a mother right now, task of being a wife or a husband, the task of being whatever it is. But you're beyond the role. You've resurrected at a higher level. But in the process of doing that, there's a meltdown in which it's holy caca comes up. And, and if, you, if you don't know what's happening, you think you're going backwards, but you're actually moving forward. For a bad day for the ego is a good day for the soul. You know, the breakdown leads to the breakthrough. And when people get the teaching, then they don't make a federal case out of bad, so-called bad days. It means you're cleansing. Mm. You know, it's like a fast. You know, when you fast, there are days where it's like, oh, my God, so much toxins are coming out. I feel bad. But it's really good. You know, same thing with spiritual fasting. You say yes to life. And then there's a melting. Stuff comes up, doesn't feel good. But you're fasting from that input that then sets you free. You know, it's, it's, a, it's not for wimps. You know, growing spiritually is not for wimpy people. You know, but... The, re the, the rewards are magnificent. I mean, imagine the perfect peace that passes human understanding. I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be. <laughs> and that's what I learned in this journey through HEAL is that a lot of us resist some of the circumstances in life because we fear this ultimate, we fear death. We yes. fear, we, we believe that time is finite and... There's so much pressure, so we resist things that happen because we're fearing, and we're, we're fearing death, the ultimate unknown. Right. I guess my question revolves around, you know, a lot of people that get whapped over the head with a with a diagnosis, and it becomes a wake up call and an opportunity to change so many aspects of their life, and ultimately, you know, with all these radical remissions and spontaneous healings, and people every day cure the incurable yes, yes. because they make changes in their life and their energy and they say yes to themselves. Yes. But then there's people that may say yes, but they still pass away. Or yeah. a young, you know, 16-year-old has cancer or something that, that comes in and has a very short life, yes. albeit perhaps a beautiful one. Yes. Where's that line? How do we know what's destiny and what's possibility? You know... A few years ago, you know, I was on the Oprah Winfrey show and she came into the green room <clears throat> right before we were about to go live. And she said, people keep asking me, 
a similar question. You know, why why is it that so-called bad things happen to really good people? Why do people make it and some don't? She said, Michael, I'm going to ask you that question. And she said, we don't have all day for you to give a, a, a class. I just need you to give me a short answer. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in the green room saying, what? <laughs> so what happened was what downloaded just in that moment was what I now call the, the, the uh, windows of manifestation. And the first window of manifestation is that you have a direct experience of your thinking. That's basic metaphysics. Thoughts transmute themselves into speech, behavior, perception, and ultimately experience. So that's one window. The second window is called a lesson in which, let's say you say yes to yourself, which you have done. The moment you say yes, the universe begins to work on you to make you available for answered prayer. So you may go through loss, you may melt, you may stuff may come up, you may think it's all bad. However, it's actually preparing you to be energetically strong enough to hold the energy of your answered blessing, answered prayer. That's the second window. The third window is called a blessing. That means there are people that have arrived on the planet. Some of them are going to have short lives. Some of them are going to go through horrendous oppression. You know, we have Holocaust, we have slavery, we have so much. And oftentimes, groups of people come in to raise the vibration of compassion on the planet so that people will say, this should never happen again. And they've taken on this incarnation to actually have this experience so that it raises the frequency of the planet. There's a, a, a woman by the name of Helen Greaves, she's passed on, but she developed what is called clairaudient and clairvoyant powers, cities. She worked with a woman whose heart was closed. The woman had a child. I'm giving you a short version had a child. The child was born back in those days. They called it mentally retardation. It opened up this woman's heart. She finally, because she was so into material things that she had cut herself off from her family and friends. The boy died at the age of 12, drowned in a swimming pool. So Helen was able to clairvoyantly talk to the soul. This, this boy was actually an avatar who had taken the incarnation for his friend to open her heart. And the moment she opened her heart, he left. So judging from appearances, it looked like, oh, how, why did this happen? He was only 11 or 12, he passed over. But actually, the lesson that he gave her and the blessing that he gave her was a big open heart. So I've seen a lot of cases where families have lost loved ones at an early age. It's tragedy, it was not good, but it changed their life forever in terms of the openingness of the heart, the blessing that the individual gave them. So that's the third window. The first window is personal. The fourth window is universal. As long as there's a belief in lack, a belief in disease, a belief in limitation, people will experience it. But with every increase of consciousness, then those beliefs diminished. Just as years ago, people used to believe that if you sat in a draft, you'd catch a cold. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's not true now. That's just a, a, a belief. If you believe that, there are people that can run out in cold weather with short pants. It's <laughs> raining. They don't catch a cold. Whip them off. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's a part of what your own conditioning. Mm -hmm. So that's a part of the answer, you, you know. So then many times an individual might say yes 
to their to their life. And we cannot judge by appearances as to why it worked for this individual and not for this individual, because we don't know the underlying karmic propensities. We don't know the underlying subjective tendencies that were there. We don't know the agreement they have with their soul. Sometimes people come in for a short time, but they gave a lot, you know? And sometimes people stay a long time and give very little. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so why is this person still alive? They're so mean and crotchety, you know? Um, so it's like, we don't judge by our appearances. What we do is continue to see the truth about them, whether they were here for a short time or whether they were here for a long and, and productive time. It's, it's, it's one of those kind of questions that you have to just go in and catch. I mean, I, I, I just worked with an individual very close with my, my family. She's like a niece. My daughter came by my house and said, you know, the doctor says she has three or four weeks to live. Could you go see her, dad? And I said, yes. I went over to her. And um, I mean, she was like 79 pounds and cancer all over her body. And I looked at her and I said, do you want to live? I said, I can't work with you unless I get an agreement. She said, yes. I said, really, this is a really soul agreement. Are you feeling that you're supposed to stay on the planet? And she said, yes, it's okay, I'll work with you. You have to do everything I say. You know, she was still in the medical situation mm -hmm. until they tried to put her on hospice and say we could do nothing more. I said, great. Great. <laughs> now we can do some work. Right. And so I had to read some material to prepare her mind for healing. She had to read it every day. I shifted her diet. I gave her certain supplements, worked with her on a regular basis, and... Today, she's cancer-free. I mean, she sent me a, um, a text, like, last week. She has one more test to go. But it's been, it's been over a year we had to work, mm. okay? She's, she's going through survivor remorse because the, the group she was in, the seven people, they've all died except for her. Mm. So she's like, you know, and they would ask her, why are you getting better? And she says, well, my Baba, you know, she calls me Baba. You know, he has me. He's praying. He's doing this. He's doing that. You should try it. None of them would try it. None of them would go outside of the paradigm of the medical model. One lady, one girl was her really good friend. She wanted to do it, but her parents said no. Mm. Not that they would have survived, who knows? Yeah. But the fact that they didn't even go for it, you know. And so I've seen case after case after case like that, where the woman I was working with said a whole soul yes. And they saved her cervix. She could have a baby. She wanted to have a kid. You know, uh, I was overjoyed when I got that, that announcement. Wow. You know, and, and the pictures of her, like, in the hospital, like, 79 pounds to, now she's banging, you know. She's like, <laughs> ta-da! Glowing, vibrated. You know, so you can take 10 people who all have the same manifestation of a disease but have 10 different reasons why they have it, mm -hmm. you know, so... Yeah, so many people reach out to me just because they assume that I know everything there is to know in the world of healing, and I certainly know a lot and have come in contact, you know, so grateful to have come in contact with people like yourself and really amazing healers, doctors, inventors. But I just get this sense because it's starting to get stressful when people reach out because I want to help them. But if I vibrationally don't ultimately the guidance comes from within that person. Yes. And I just, I can't stress enough. It's like you, you have to follow your intuition and, and maybe that leads them to me and I have someone that pops in that 
can help them along their journey. Right. But I really, they have to have that whole soul yes. And, and, and the dissolution, they have to dissolve the fear. Fear is the great virus of the mind. Mm. And if you're living, so a person may say yes, but in the background, if they're afraid or if they're picking up the fear from their family, the closest friends, like this particular woman I was working with, everyone around her saw her as sick and they were afraid she was going to die. So I had to pull her out of that. I said, I had to have a long meeting with her mother. I said, listen, when you walk into your daughter's bedroom, that is a temple of healing. You can't bring any drama in there. You can't be afraid for her. You, so I had to get the whole family on board, you know, and, and, and see her differently. But fear creates the toxic chemicals in your body. So even if you're saying yes, but you're, you have this unconscious fear, it's working against you. You have to really get into faith, really get into conviction. And that doesn't, that's not overnight. It's like you said, you know, you have to have community, people working with you. You know, I assigned a practitioner to her. You know, she was not going to have a moment where she just gave up. You know, there was, we were always there. Yeah, she's constantly consuming the spiritual texts that you gave right. her to read. Yes, and every day. Speaking with people, it doesn't, it, it doesn't allow time for that fear to spiral so much that it takes over. Right. Maybe little <laughs> moments, but right. like. I told her, I said, listen, do not tell the doctors anything I'm doing. I'm not practicing medicine, okay? <laughs> if they say what's happened, just say I'm praying for you, which I was. Everything else, just keep it to us right now. You just be with me in this agreement and we'll watch the body change, you know, and, and, it, and it happened. Yeah, and I love that too because sometimes you have to keep what you're going through close to your heart because the more you speak about it, the more people will just be compelled to resist and, and speak their opinion of doubt and fear onto you. And you don't want to take that on. Which is what happened. I mean, her boyfriend left her, which amplified the negative situation because he didn't want to walk through the process with her. So that was, it, 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 it activated some abandonment issues she had. And so I was very clear that she had abandonment issues. So I was very clear that I was going to be a man of my word and follow through every time so that she didn't have that projected onto me. Yeah. But yeah, if she had, I told her to get rid of everybody that doubted. And that's probably part of her healing. She needed to become aware of that issue in her life to bring to the surface and, you know, Absolutely. oftentimes a painful way. Yes. But we need to resolve that. And that's so beautiful. So, again, the fear causes resistance, which then takes away our vital energy because we're fighting against life. And you say you've got to come back into faith. And, you know, again, we've heard it so many different ways from so many different walks of life and people. But I've heard you say many times before, like, the universe is for you yes. and never against you. Totally. How do you know that? And how can you convince someone <laughs> who is facing a stage four? They're like, the universe is not for me. I have stage four cancer. Like, how do you know that? And how can you help someone else really trust I, that? Because you I, helped me trust that. I believe it. I know it just through my own insights of inspired wisdom. I've gone through a lot of um, different spiritual encounters that have allowed me to see differently. So it's, it's, I can't unsee what I've seen. So what I do with individuals is I will take them to a place where they've actually felt wholeness, the feeling of it, 
felt that all of the needs are met, depending on what structure we're working on. If it's health, I say, take, think of a moment in your life where you felt healthy. That, that's still, that memory is still there. And then I'll amplify it. I'll keep working to amplify that feeling. I say, it's a feeling universe. So your role is to maintain that feeling. Don't ask how you're going to be healed. Don't ask what supplement's going to work. Don't ask, you know, because they can all work, you see. But mainly you have to be receptive. So, so I work with them to have that feeling. I amplify it, have them close their eyes, go into that space. And then you're coming back to that. So they actually become the feeling tone of wholeness. Now things can work for them. So it, it obliterates the fear because they're in the faith attitude, you see. Don't ask, how is this going to happen? That, 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 that's a futile question, you know. When, no, no, just stay in this. And what happens is then they become a vibrational match for the universal law to match that frequency. So it's, 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 it's work. You know, you, you, you know Joe Dispenza. He had to do that with his own healing. Mm -hmm. Mitchell May had to do that with his healing. I can go down the list of people. You know, I had a, a friend of mine who I tried to work with. He, he wouldn't do it. And I, I told him, I said, listen, this is your job. You don't have any other job, you know, but to every single day, scan your body, go into the feeling of wholeness with every organ. That's your job for the next number of hours, and he would do a little bit, he would do a little bit, he'd get better, then he would not do it. But he didn't take it on. You know, he, he left, you know. He le and and there's, no, there's nothing wrong with leaving, you, you know. It's eternal life, you can unfold, it's your choice, you know. I, so, I, so I take them into that space. So I know it from direct encounter, you know, uh, about a couple of months ago, I was about to do a, a, a Zoom class and it was, I sit on, on my couch before I do anything, I meditate. So when I opened my eyes, I was blind. I was surrounded by light. I couldn't see anything but this vibrating light. So I called Lee, Reverend Kathleen. I said, I can't see anything. Lee called the person and said, we're going to have to postpone the, the, pod, the, the, the Zoom class for a minute. We didn't know how long it was going to last. And so I was just inundated. So when I looked at Kathleen, I could see a fountain of light just cascading through her being. I looked at Lee, I saw the same thing, and I realized that's who they are. We're all, we're all light. We're the light that lights up every man and woman that comes into the world. So then after a while, I could see this world, and I could see the light, and then I went on and did the class. Now, that was the first time that that happened with people. I've had that before. But I've always been by myself. But it was like, this was the first time was like, I, I can't see, and there's people here, and they see that I can't see, you know. And so when you ask me, how do I know? I'm talking about a direct encounter with the luminous aspect of our life. We're light, you see. So light means understanding, but it also means our identity. And I can't unsee what I've seen, you know. Do I have bad days? Absolutely. There are, there are things that bring me to a high level of pissosity? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> are there challenges I have to deal with? Yes, I'm running a community. There's challenges every single day, <laughs> you know. But it cannot touch that, you know. And so I like to say, 
untouched by time, embraced by the eternal, you know, and it's, it's, it's sweet. I, 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 and so the, the other gift that I get to have, you know, I don't take any of this personal. I'm not better than anybody, but I know there's an energy in my words. It's like an activation, you know, and I just get out of the way and let it, let it rip, you know? And so I've been teaching for 40 years. <laughs> I'm only 45. Yeah, I know. You look, <laughs> you look 42. <laughs> and and I, you know, I've seen miracles. I've seen so much. And uh, as much as I know, I live in the fact that what I don't know is way more than what I know. Mm. You know, it's way, I, what I know is infinitesimally small to what I don't know. So I, I, I'm like a child. I'm like a kid. I'm like a... Ooh, I'm on an adventure. What's what insight's going to happen today? You know, and 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 uh, so I, I like being a kid. You know. Yeah. yeah, that's the kingdom of God is through the eyes of a child, or what, eyes what of a that? child. Yeah, who the, the only as, as he said, you know, in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be like a child, not childish, <laughs> but like a child, childlike, childlike. Big difference. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's so beautiful. I have certain knowings as well. And again, I'm not special, but there's a resonance when I go to and listen to you, the words that you speak at Agape or when I hear Anita Morjani's story mm-hmm. who you know, had a near-death experience and had a direct experience with the other realm, with, right. with where we come from, with our essence, with right. Right. this love and peace that passes human understanding and... And like you said, that we're a feeling universe. So when we are in this realm as humans, seemingly separate from each other, we, when you focus on the feeling of wholeness, and I'm sure you can tell a story about abundance too for people that are listening that are not sick. Absolutely. When you you have to feel abundant yeah. before you attract it into your right. life, and. So that feeling, it's that quantum model of causing an effect. And we are growing out of the Newtonian physics of cause and effect. Right. We can literally cause an effect by dropping into the feeling. So can you give us a, an yes. abundance, uh, Diddy? Abundance, but I want to play off of what you just said because there's only one cause, and that's the presence. And so what we're doing is creating the condition for emergence. You know, it's like... The seed doesn't cause the apple tree. The apple tree emerges from the seed. Quantum, it just emerges from it. So in the same way, we're surrounded by a field of infinite potential, infinite possibilities. We don't cause it. It emerges when we are the right condition for it, you see. So form follows consciousness. So if you come into a feeling tone of abundance and you you work with it, and you sustain it, then you become the condition for all the abundance that's all around us to start making itself visible. It shows up as opportunities and possibilities, right meetings with people. It shows up as your needs, your legitimate needs being met, you know? And so I'll have people sometimes use their mind as, uh, you take their, their, their imagination and imagine all kinds of best case scenarios around prosperity, abundance, whatever the case may be. It could be health, it could be whatever. And just and then, and then get to, how is that making you feel, knowing that all of your needs are met? How does it make you feel that you're living in a world of abundance and, and infinite possibility? And then I say, now let go of the pictures, but keep the feeling. 
Because when you let go of the pictures and keep the feeling, you're not limiting the universe based on your pictures. Now it can shock and surprise you because it can come in a way that you don't even imagine. It's like, I can't even imagine that happening that way. You know, I remember a number of years ago when we were um, moving from one location to another and I was very committed to not releasing any staff, similar to when we went into COVID and the board got together and says, we're not, whatever happens, we're going to hold the space that we don't have to release staff. We're going to, whatever, even though people can't come, we know we're going to generate. So a number of years ago, we did the same thing and we had a limited time to complete the building with the conditional use permit. We were meeting in hotels, we were paying staff, we had all these expenses. It was like, it was crazy. And I knew we were gonna come through, I didn't know how. And so I, I had the board of trustees meet on a Saturday, along with the contractors. And I went around the room and I, and I said, this is what we have to do. We have to be finished by this time, we have to do this, we have to raise this much money. And I asked each person, is it possible? And they started giving me their reasons why. I said, no, 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 I'm not asking you. Is it probable? I'm just asking, is it possible? And one by one, I got a buy-in. It's possible. I said, for the next couple of weeks, I just need you to stay in possibility. Don't ask how this is going to happen. Just be impossible in the possible realm. I, I remember I had this guy who was on a board sit in front of the door so nobody could leave. He was a big <laughs> guy. I said, nobody leaves the room until I get possible thinking. So that was on a Saturday. On a Tuesday, this bank that we had, uh, we were trying to borrow about $300,000 to complete the project. It's early days of Agape. It had no collateral. And so the, one of the owners of the bank was walking and peeked over the guy's shoulder and said, what are you working on? He said, oh, this place called Agape is trying to borrow 300000 They don't have collateral, blah, blah, blah. And the man said, Beckwith? He said, yes, he said, give him the money. He said, but they don't have any collateral. They've only been in existence five years or whatever. He said, is that Beckwith? He said, yes, give him the money. So by Tuesday, we had the money. Wednesday, the contractor comes in and says he was so moved by the Saturday meeting, he was going to put on a double shift, pay for it out of his own pocket, knowing that we were going to be good for the money. So within a couple of days, we had the money, the double shift, we completed it all on time. It was like a miracle. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the idea was to stay in the abundance, to stay in the possibility without knowing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't visualize the contractor is going to yeah. um, <laughs> put on a double shift and pay for it out of his money. I didn't visualize, oh, the bank owner is going to say yes to no collateral loan. It, I, was, I wasn't in that. I was just into possibility, abundance. Let it rip. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And that we live in a creative universe. We are co-creators. And this is how we we co-create through our alignment with source, which right. is, again, it's all about alignment. It's, it's about saying yes to you and, and to realize that we are love and possibility and, and light. Yes. And anything that's skewing towards how and fear and doubt and lack cuts us off from the alignment with our source. Absolutely. And, you know, whether you're spiritual or not, you know, Albert Einstein yes. said it himself. He's like, there's two ways to look at life, as if nothing's a miracle and as if everything's a miracle. And it comes with alignment of yeah. our true nature. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Albert Einstein, you know, his, his intellect only took him so far. 
he got equal MC squared on the dream state, you know, in a shamanic dream, writing on something, and he saw that things were relative to each other and came up with the theory of relativity. So it wasn't like he was sitting in his desk trying to figure out something. He had inspired wisdom from intuition and direct knowing. Most people don't know that. They think, oh, he was smart and he was, his intellect was so, it didn't even come from his intellect. It came from his soul, you know? And, and the fact that this is a participatory universe. Universe is feeling, it matches your vibration. You have to actually participate in your own unfolding. You can't just sit around and say, okay, God, do it. You know, God's done it. You have to participate in what's already done yes. and let it flow through you. It's, it's the biggest gift we've been given. That's the free will. Yeah. And, you know, for those that do skew towards science and are still new to this spiritual thing, I love, you know, Joe Dispenza discovered the work of this guy, Harold Saxon Burr, which mm -hmm. is a Yale researcher who discovered essentially um, that every, you know, organism has a, has a biofield, has an electromagnetic yes. field. And just like a magnet that you know, the iron filings will go to the magnet in the shape of the magnet and organize itself right. to that magnetic pole. Um, you know, it was first thought that the matter emitted energy. Right. Like a cancer tumor would have its own electromagnetic field and emit a certain amount of energy. And what Harold Saxon Burr discovered is that the field organizes the matter. Yes. And so just like you said, it, it just comes down to we need to create the conditions yes. in which we, our life organizes in a different, in the way that we want, yes. whether it's our health, our relationships, finances, et cetera. We, we are, are a living field. Yeah. And we then we begin to understand that one dimension of our higher purpose is to reflect joy, if for no other reason that we exist, just to move into the joy simply because we exist without attachment to anything, that our field becomes very potent. And then we're given grace and gifts based on that field. But again, most people, they want something out there first before they can be happy. Mm. If only this would happen. No, 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 no. You can actually lift your awareness and be in the joy before anything happens. And then watch it happen. Mm -hmm bigger than your imagination. We are, the, we are the field. And we're creating a field right now. We're, we're co-creating a, a field, you see. When you go into a spiritual community, we're co-creating a field. And I'll share this with, when I met Agape, people all over the world in meditation or in prayer say, we're creating a field that's surrounding the whole globe. And the highest field wins, <laughs> ultimately. Yeah. You know, the highest vibration is way more powerful than and this is another thing that science has shown us, that mystics have known, is that a thought that emerges from a field of fear is not as powerful as a thought that's emerging from a field of connectedness. That's why small groups of people vibrating high are more powerful than large groups of people that are vibrating low. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. And for anyone who's not familiar with agape, I love it because you walk in and it's literally a microcosm of the globe. There's every shape, size, color, economic background, language, culture, sex, gender, transcends it all. And it's just this like little microcosm of a global family. I love it. And well, now, of course, you're connected all over the world virtually to a global family. 
all over the world. And there are people like you that have emerged out of Agape that are doing great things. You know, you've created a beautiful community. I know so many students that came out of Agape, they have, they have found their particular gift and they're doing it. It makes me like, I mean, giddy about it. You know, <laughs> I see all these beautiful people doing all these beautiful things. And people may or may not even know that we're connected, you know, but it's like one community in many locations, you know, disguised as different things. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's great. You're just helping <laughs> flip on these little yeah. light, <laughs> lights, yeah. light workers, yeah. spreading far and wide. But we, we know each other, nod at each other, and, yeah. you know. <laughs> I see you. I see your fountain of light within your chest. Right, right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I've always said that, you know, we are generators of our own joy. And, you know, putting it all together, it's like you access the kingdom of God, you know, by being childlike and, right. and children use their imaginations, they visualize, they play, they they just generate their own joy. I mean, you could find a child having the yes. most joyful moment yeah. with a blade of grass, that's you right. know? Right. So I think that's just such a great, as we create these conditions and as we start to listen to the calling and peck the hole in the shell and mm -hmm. break into this new paradigm, just a simple tool, you know, besides meditation, besides surrounding yourself with a really high vibration community, consuming content, whether it's ancient spiritual texts or mm -hmm. one of your talks, you know, positive influencers on Instagram, whatever it is that you're consuming, if it's keeping in that conditions of, of health and wholeness and wellness and abundance and right. love, um, we can really just easily practice daily things like being childlike and play and generating our own joy, like meditation, so we can actually create space so that we can hear the call right. um, and, and create the conditions so our vision pulls. That's why daily practices and tools are so It's very important. Crucial. And we don't want people to think that they have to sit for a long time or do a whole, you know, the two greatest technologies are earnestness and sincerity. If you have those, earnestness means that regardless of how you're feeling, you do a little practice anyway. You don't give yourself an out. Just like an Olympic athlete that wants to make the Olympics, they may wake up one day and say, I'm tired, I don't feel like swimming, I don't feel like running today. But they'll do it anyway. Because they know at the end of the day, at the They'll, they'll, they have a better chance of, of making the Olympic team. So even if you sit for two minutes or you read a little roomy and just contemplate for five minutes, you just, it may lead to a longer period of time, but you're earnest in your practice. And it's not an obligation. You eventually do it out of joy. And then sincerity means right motivation. Why am I doing this practice? I'm not doing it just to manipulate the external world or to get what I think I want. I have a sincerity because I really want to connect with this presence that's never an absence. Or I want to connect with me saying yes to me. I want to connect with who I really am. So if you combine earnestness with sincerity, you can overlay that on any technique. And that technique will be more powerful. Whether it's meditation, whether it's Qigong, whether it's yoga, uh, life visioning, study, high conversation, earnestness, sincerity, amplifies everything. Mm. And your friend who 
healed or your niece's friend, you know, she was earnest and yes. sincere. Yeah. And, and that just made the commitment. It wasn't even a question. It was just like, this is, this is what my focus is on. And right. I'm sincerely going to Absolutely. do what it takes to get there. Even in her bad days, you know, she was like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. You know, no. Tell me one thing you're grateful for. Just one thing, you know. So to end, the power of gratitude. Can you? Oh my God! Can you just give us like something to walk away with about the <laughs> you know, power? Of I gratitude? have gratituded my way through life, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I like to tell people that in this this at least three levels of gratitude. One, you find something you're grateful for. It can be anything, you know. It's water, your next breath, beating of your heart. Somebody gave you a gift. Someone gave you a compliment. That's tangible, you know, even though it may be intangible, tangible. You know, the second stage of gratitude is being grateful even when you're in hard times because you know it's birthing a gift, like the coal becoming a diamond. So when things are intense, you know there's a gift coming. And if you uh, hold on to any sense of gratitude, then you're not going to go into wishful thinking. I wish this wasn't happening. You're going to use that moment of intensity to birth something. So you become grateful for what you're becoming. And then the third level of gratitude is being grateful for nothing at all. It's not attached to anything. It's an attitude of gratitude. And what happens is, just as parents have said to their kids over the years, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. The universe says, if you don't stop being grateful, I'm going to give you something to be grateful for. <laughs> you evoke it, and now grace comes because of your gratitude factor. Mm. So whether you're in the advance of, I'm going to be grateful even though it's hit the fan, you know, or I'm grateful because somebody gave me a gift, or just being, it, grow, it grows into just being grateful. You know, when I, when I wake up in the morning, I basically move to a state of gratitude and thanksgiving that I exist, I, sur I surrender to existence, and then I ask for the power to do my assignments for the day. So I, that's before I meditate. Just I'm just so grateful that I exist, you know? And so after a while, it becomes just a vibration you carry. And people will then have to give themselves permission to be the oddball. When everybody's caught up in the virus of fear and they've normalized and popularized being afraid, it's the kind of space we're in now. Yeah, in the we world. just we just witnessed that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's like every, it's popular to be fearful now. Yeah, it's like it's, if you're not in fear, you're not normal. But if you're willing to be the oddball, of course you have compassion for everything that's going down on the planet. You know, you're not like turning a blind eye to it. You're not pretending that there aren't certain things happening. But if you stay in the field of gratitude and become an oddball, then your vibration in your field becomes a clearinghouse for the lower frequencies. You don't get in the mud with people. No, you help them out of the mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Be an oddball. Yeah. With compassion. An oddball with compassion. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end this beautiful conversation. <laughs> Um, thank you so much. So for people listening to this before July 21st, 2021, where can they go to sign up for this? Say they yes can, to they you. They can go to agapelive.com. It's probably slash summit. And it's free. 
so they can sign up and and actually see the um, wonderful talks by the individuals through the before, and then our dialogue after the talks, and then there'll be a special a message from Sadhguru. There'll be a special message from Bob Proctor. There'll be a special interview with me and, and uh, Sterling Brown. We're going to interview each other. Cool. And then it's a combination of the last summit we did. You were a part of that. So you will be there uh, uh, as a part of that. And yeah, let's go to Agape and uh, and sign up. Awesome. Today. Today. <laughs> uh, well, and, and if you're inspired by the community that and the teaching that you continue to share with the world, um, just go to agapelive.com Agape and, and check it out because yeah. it's changed my life. That's for certain. And that's what brings me a great amount of joy. Thank you so much. I love you. Love you too. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Heal Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. Oh, and make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And if you feel inspired, we would love you to rate and review us so that we have the opportunity to reach more people. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram for some behind the scenes fun and more inspiration at at Heal Documentary and at Kelly Gorris. Thank you so much and be well. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.